This is the Tabernacle Podcast with John Vermilia and me, Britton Bishop. What's up, John? Rhinos. Yes. When they are, or <laughs> uh, the scientific name, Ronisiferous Rex. You knew that off the top of your head? I made that up. Uh. But uh, <laughs> when rhinos are in a pack, they're called a crash because cause there's a question about the rhino. If you didn't notice, this is a rhino. It's not a black blob. But uh, when they're in a pack, they're called a crash because they weigh over a ton. They can run 30 miles an hour. That's a whole lot of anger. And they're very angry beasts. I don't know if you knew that. Mm. And But they can only see 30 feet in front of them. And so this comes from the book that we covered on this podcast, The Barbarian Way. Go check out that episode. Yes. That when rhinos get ahead of steam and they're all together, they're called a crash. And that's pretty much what the tabernacle's trying to be. So there mm. you have it. So, yeah. How are you doing, bud? Speaking of a lot of steam with uh, – Crashing into things. What's up, John Williams? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we got I'm John Williams with us. Yeah. joined today by John Williams. Uh, you might remember him. He came on the podcast, shared his change life story. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we're pumped that you're back. Care pastor. Um, a real pastor. Yeah. Captain of all things. Productive. <laughs> first John. Campus. He is first John. Yes, no, is. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm third John. No, I'm first. No, you're first John. <laughs> yeah, I'm first John. Love yeah. it. You're J-Dub, first John. what's up? Um, welcome. We're excited to welcome you and uh, a guest that you brought with you as well. So right. you want to introduce her. Uh, this is Sarah Schreiber and- uh, Noir. Schreiber. Schreiber. Excuse me. <laughs> I uh, always get that wrong. Uh, Sarah started attending a year and a half ago, two years maybe. A year. A year yeah, ago. A year and ago. Uh, With her husband, Brian. With her husband, Brian. Yeah. And uh, they walked in on a Saturday night just to check the place out, and I don't think they left. Nope. And, uh, Been this, sleeping here and everything. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> but uh, Sarah's walked through some uh, pretty tough things in her life, along with all of us, and uh, I just appreciate her. And uh, so, awesome. welcome. Yeah, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's interesting. The first night we came... I'm sure John remembers this. I, he introduced himself and said, I'm the yeah. care pastor. I said, I'm coming for your job. Wow. <laughs> he goes, wow. Not many people say that. Sarah, <laughs> bringing the heat. Yep. And that's okay. He yeah. said, you have my dream job. <laughs> yeah. Right. But she doesn't know all the other things that go along with yeah. it. <laughs> right. The, but Sarah's uh, also uh, a wife. You're a mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a singer. You've recorded albums. Yeah. You're an author. Yep. And i You've served in the church. You've served outside the church. Yeah. You have a long history with church and yes. with the Lord. A very, yeah. yeah. The Lord is so sweet in my life. And yeah, I'm a singer, songwriter, author, speaker. I travel the world. Um, I've charted on Billboard with my music. And uh, you missed the most important title of Uh-oh. all. What's that? Nanny. Oh, nanny. she's a nanny. <laughs> I'm a grandma. Hey, I'm a grandpa. <laughs> yeah. I'm, no, I'm Pop Pop. Yeah. Yep. What are and you, I, I Just Gramps. 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 Yeah. It's the can best. Can I call you that? Yeah. yeah. Can I start calling you that? You can call me whatever you want. But you're much Don't bigger than I am. Yeah. Is it now Pastor Gramps? I'm calling him Gramps from here on out. Yep. We've solved the J-Dub JV debate. It's Gramps. Gramps. <laughs> Love it. Well, uh, today, um, as we're seeking to plan out the podcast, which we do sometimes, uh, we've mm. officially had a meeting. Yeah. 90 episodes. We had our first Nine, meeting. 90 episodes in. We had our, our first, first meeting. meeting. <laughs> it only lasted 30 minutes and yeah. we didn't even. Do and we realized there was nobody there usually that usually takes notes in our meetings. So one of us had to get our laptop out. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. So, uh, but yeah. Um, you run a very good meeting. Mm. 
Yes. Quick, easy, concise. There was no food, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. There will be today. Um, hmm. So, but as we're, um, I've talked to you a couple times and you guys, the, both the two of you, and I believe Heidi Burgess is kind of a part of your crew as well. You guys mm-hmm. have started a, a group here at the Tabernacle that's a grief. It's a grief group. Um, right. I think it kind of organically came out of our blue Christmas and just kind of realizing that there was yeah. a need here at our Buckley campus specifically, but uh, as well yeah. as our Manistee campus, that there are people that are grieving that are experiencing mm-hmm. and walking through loss either recently or in the past, but haven't had the time, the space or the place to process those things properly. And I remember you sharing, um, and I won't go into the detail, the details, but there are people that are in a long form of this grief. And mm-hmm. so just kind of, I think through your heart, a desire to see people experience um, healing that comes from from uh, from Christ and his people and being loved on properly and working yeah. through that. And through that, I was like, man, that would be a great podcast episode. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. hey, J-Dub, with two weeks, I think I give you two Gramps. weeks or a week. No, I said, hey, Gramps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a week out. And the only reason I asked, you said, yeah. And I said, I wanted to ask you to do it that week, but I was like, nah, I probably need to give him a week. So, yeah. but uh, I was like, hey, Gramps, no. J-Dub, uh, yeah. let's, let's rock on this podcast about grief. And you said, absolutely. Can I bring Sarah? And I said, absolutely. Yeah. Do you need John and I? And you said, no, but we're still here. Uh, yep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're jumping into this topic of grief. Um, right. So I guess I would open with the question, and it's open for anybody to answer or give their interpretation to, but how would you, to the listener, describe what is grief? Oh, man. Uh, grief, obviously, is, you know, it doesn't just happen when you're uh, – uh, when you lose somebody, you could be go through a divorce. You could be lose a job. There's there's all different forms of grief. Um, the biggest one is when you you lose somebody you love, and that you know that's probably one of the harder griefs to walk through. And we're you know we call it this journey called grief, and that was kind of Sarah's book that she wrote, uh, a journey called grief, and. And so we kind of jumped in there, and my vision was just to get some people together that that love the Lord, that really, you know, respond to this. And so I think there was four of us that sat down originally and uh, started talking about it, putting it together. And then Sarah stepped up and said, well, I'd like to lead it, and uh, she's doing an excellent job at it. And, you know, I kind of threw her to the fire, and then a couple times she looked at me, and I just— shut up, <laughs> let her lead, and, yeah. and she does a good job. Uh, I make a few comments. Some she likes, some she doesn't, I'm sure, but uh, we, we get through it. Right? I like them all, yeah. No, it's, you know, it's interesting. Jeff, uh, he, he just said that my book is called A Journey Called Grief, and the word journey, the definition of it is going from one point to the next. And one of the difficult things in in grief is that it's really easy to get stuck. Mm-hmm. It's it's really hard to process grief. Um, we were created before the fall, which means we were created by God as perfect beings before there was sin, suffering, sickness, death. <laughs> Our minds were not created to process death. So let's just start there. And now as humans who have suffered the fall, we have to process this awful thing. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. 
And then you fast forward to today where we live in a society where it's instant gratification. You know, I tease when I'm speaking to a group of women, if I start a diet on Monday, I better be skinny by Tuesday. <laughs> like that, you put popcorn in the microwave, it's done in three minutes. I mean, you don't even have to put it on a stove anymore. You know, it's our lives are instant gratification. And grief is so opposite of that Mm. because grief is a marathon. Grief is a journey. And so our heart behind this grief group is to take people who are processing this immense hurt and to help them move from one point to the other. Mm. We're never totally healed from grief. It's been 15 years for me. I still weep sometimes. That's the reality of grief is once it lands on your doorstep, it never goes away. You know, my kids get married. My grandbabies are born. We all know there's a hole, as in H-O-L-E. There's there's always somebody missing. Mm -hmm. And we get to where we process it much better, and our days are happy, and, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's always there. And so our goal with this precious grief group is just to help people go from one point to the next in their grief. And it's... I, I already see people that have been stuck for years moving a little bit and, and going. Uh, Barb and I went, I don't, we went to a movie yesterday, a man called Otto. I've heard about this. Which one. I warned the grief group not to go to, by the way. Yeah. And then you go. But, <laughs> but to me, it, go. <laughs> go take your Kleenexes, yeah. but but go because it's Tom Hanks, right? It, it's yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Well, you had and, me at Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. it's Hanks yeah. or Denzel. They never right. let you down, right? And Tom Hanks will let you down once. <clears throat> Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Other than that, we're good. <laughs> yeah, Keep going. we're good. Sorry. Yeah, but uh, Tom Hanks plays this guy named Otto, who lost the love of his life, and he's grieving, but there he wants nobody around him, and he's ornery. He's just, everybody's a jerk. Everybody's stupid, you know. And uh, then all of a sudden, uh, new neighbors move in and they come across and they won't let him go. They're just constantly on his door. And uh, he finally turns the corner. And when you say, don't grieve alone, you can't. You have to have people around you. And uh, if you don't have anybody around you, this group is is for you because mm-hmm. you need somebody. Yeah, no free shout-outs, Tom Hanks. But, yeah, yeah, no, no free. To, <laughs> so, so when yeah. you say here's a man, uh, just to use that for an example. Yeah, and I want to go back to your story. Yeah, but um, uh, a guy that wants to do it alone. He yeah. doesn't want anybody around. Right. Is Otto in the story? Is he from northern Michigan? <laughs> is, he, uh, is he a northern Michigan man? No, he could who be. Who comes though. to the tab on Christmas and Easter? <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that that guy? Because I think I know that guy. Yeah. It's all the guys. Yeah. And, and a lot of the women. Let's uh, just not be yeah. on guys. But. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's so many things that you go through in grief that you really need somebody alongside you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and let's get into Sarah's story a little bit. It's, well, one of the... One one of the things too for the for those that are listening, I think with Britain, as you and I talked in our amazing podcast meeting, is one thing we've learned in church ministry <laughs> is for some people, it's you know, the church is like a bonfire, and some people see the light and they're kind of attracted, but they don't get too close. Mm-hmm. And so, I love hearing about the group, but there's some people that are listening that'll never go to the group, but they're deep stuck in the grief journey yeah. and yeah. they haven't moved. And so 
maybe they'll come to the group, but part of the podcast is just for that person that's still in the outer ring, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if we can bless them and your journey is spectacular in its like consequences and how the truck of loss yeah. hit you crossing the street, literally, um, yeah, you want to yeah. share some of that with us? Absolutely. I mean, we've heard John's on the, on your change life story a, l- yeah. a, a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for the opportunity to share. So um, back in 2007, I was living the American dream. I actually grew up in Traverse City in northern Michigan. And um, my husband, Chad, we both graduated from Traverse City back when there was only one school. So I don't need to denote that we were Trojans, but we were Trojans. (laughs) And... um, We were, uh, you know, I fell in love with him when I was 17 years old, and we had been married uh, over 12 years um, together for 15. I I didn't remember life without him. I'd been with him longer than I'd been without him, let's put it that way. And we were living the American dream. He was a police officer in Midland, Michigan. He had just been named Officer of the Year for the City of Midland Police Department. And uh, I had just released my first solo album after years of traveling with a a Southern Gospel trio. We decided to go out on our own. Really with the ultimate goal, we felt called into full-time marriage ministry. And so we thought, let's use Sarah's music to get in the door at churches across the country and then invite ourselves back to do what we really wanted to do, which was to minister to marriages. And we had done a marriage retreat at this point of our own, taught our own, you know, we were on our way. Our kids were thriving. Um, Our kids were 11, 9, and 6 at the time. And on October 7th of 2007, uh, Chad and I were running the Chicago Marathon. And in mile 18, he collapsed and died uh, at the age of 35. (laughs) The picture of health, 6 foot 2, 165 pounds, um, we had no idea anything was wrong. And what I say is that in literally one heartbeat, I became a 33-year-old widow and a single mom. And we were instantly thrust into a journey we did not want. Mm-hmm. And it was hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be very honest, the journey through grief, there is no other way to put it. It is, it is hell. And I had the weight of a national ministry on my back as I walked through this. I had the expectation of, well, you're a woman in ministry, so put a verse on it and get better. I mean, you're a seasoned woman of faith. Come on. And to be honest, I'll never forget leaving the hospital after IDing his body that day. And the city of Chicago was in absolute chaos. Over 300 runners had collapsed. The city was in gridlock. They had put out an APB for ambulances and personnel to come from all over. And they took him to the wrong hospital without an ER. They took him to a VA hospital. And there was a level one trauma center across the street. (laughs) So it was chaos. And I'll never forget going to ID his body and sign the paperwork. And we were leaving out the back of the hospital because the press had already begun to um, gather at the front door. They had heard someone had died. They had heard he was a cop. 
And um, they took me out and put me in the back of a police car, which I always thought was funny. I'm like, this is kind of ironic. Thanks. Wait a minute. Okay, he just died. Now I'm going in the back of a police car. So, and I remember sitting there. And first of all, what I want any listener to know is in Philippians 4, the word of God tells us that God will give us a peace that will pass our understanding. And what it says is that that peace will guard our hearts and our minds. And I had spent a lifetime building a foundation on the Lord. It's what I taught about for years is how to lay a foundation of faith in our lives. And in that moment of the darkest I've got to go tell my kids. I mean, it's one thing to find out your husband's dead. Now to be faced with, leave my kids out of it. Like I I say in my book, I understand why mama smother their kids. Mm -hmm. It's to protect them from what's coming. And I got it in that moment. Like if I could just smother them and they never know this happened, put me in Mm -hmm. jail, let me take all of this on, but leave them out of it. And... In that moment, a peace that passed all understanding hit me. Mm. And in the back of that police car, I knew. Now, the word guard, it says it will guard us. That is actually in the Greek. It's a military term. That is how God guards us with his peace, our Mm -hmm. hearts and our minds. And so today, if you are walking through deep waters in your life, I want you to know to crawl into Jesus because that is where that peace is found. And it doesn't take the pain away. That's the distinction we need to make. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. where we get confused in the body, is that somehow we've then said, oh, well, that takes the pain away. No, the process still has to be walked through. Mm -hmm. The journey is still ahead of you. So so you're not saying uh, that the toughest part was there, and then no. you went in the back of the police car. You remember Philippians yeah. 4, and there was a piece. No. And that was a great podcast. Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> Let's deflect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so actually, I, I remember having this piece, and I remember going, mm, oh, no, okay. I've heard there's, like, stages. Like, there's stages of grief. I don't know what they are. Oh, oh, one – one is anger. I remember thinking yeah. one's anger. I'm not going to have that because I'm a woman of faith. I trust God. Yep. So when I talk about the expectations that we put, it's also we put them on ourselves. Like I had this expectation that because I'm a woman of God, I'm a woman in ministry, I know the scriptures, I walk with the Lord, that I wouldn't feel the emotions God gave me mm-hmm. <laughs> to journey through. Yeah. And when those emotions came, it was hard. I felt like I was betraying God. Um, And I talk so much in my book about the fact that God could handle every one of my emotions. That was the sweetness of my relationship with him. And it was the sweetness in the journey is that God actually got into the valley with me. You know, the... Mm -hmm. Psalm 23, we're so great at talking about it at funerals, but yea, though I walk through the valley. First of all, you get to walk. You don't have to run. And second of all, it's a valley, and God's in the valley with us. Mm-hmm. And um, the valley so, of the shadow of death. Yeah. 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 The yeah. shadow of death. Shadow of death. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the beginning of of the journey of grief in my life. Um, there's so many tentacles and ripples of grief. Um, you know, it's it 
didn't just happen to me. It happened to my sister, to my brother, to their kids, to my mom, to my dad, to Chad's family. It happened to my kids. You know, I, I just found some old blogs that I had written a year later. And for Christmas, 15 months later, my eight-year-old asked Santa for his daddy back. Wow. That's... 15 months later. And how do you process that? Mm -hmm. How do you shepherd these babies uh, when I'm wrestling? And um, so a lot of my book, um, a year after we lost Chad, I had the opportunity to write an album in Nashville and record a song called Christmas in Heaven that went crazy and charted on Billboard. And, you know, I, I, I say that that song Christmas in Heaven kind of gave us our hope back because it was a tangible way that God showed my kids and I that he He did have good plans for us. Mm. You know, for so long, uh, Job 3.25 says, what I feared has come upon me and what I dreaded has happened. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody spoke that to me, but boy, they were great at telling me that Jeremiah twenty nine eleven oh, says I'm that sorry. God oh, has my. good plans for you, Sarah. Yeah. I mean, even as the casket is behind oh. me and my baby is playing with matchbox cars underneath his daddy's casket, people are like, "Oh, Sarah, jo- plans, you know Jeremiah twenty and yeah. Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah. All things work together, together for, for good." good and I'm just those. like. Like, yeah. are you serious? Like, well, do you see, have anything better for is, me than that? Like, well, see, now this is a church home that they're we've written it yeah. in bylaws that you're allowed to throat punch people yes. at funerals. Okay. That's, that's, quote yeah. those that's what the, we do to, to uh, the widow. Yeah. I shared with the I shared with the grief group a, a week or so ago that um, as I'm standing in front of the ca- casket at the viewing and thousands of people because he was mm-hmm. a policeman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, yeah. it was unreal. Uh, we had press, I mean, national press at the funeral because of all of this. And um, this, these two sweet women from church came up to me and I turned around and hi. And they said, welcome to the singles group. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that? And I was like, oh. <laughs> We need, we need to write like another book uh, called The Ways the Christian <laughs> Ghetto Sucks. <laughs> I was like We'll put that in one of my chapters. I, yeah, I literally the breath left me and I'm like I would have uh, the breath would have left there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know that you know what's weird about that though? Um yeah. is and John, you and I've talked about that. I, I I don't think I've done more funerals with anyone but you. Mm-hmm. Like we get called upon yeah, a we ton. Do. Yeah. But um, I think one time we were talking about the fact is it isn't okay. It's not okay. But people don't know what to do, yeah. Yeah. which is also why we have the group, yeah. which is also why you <laughs> wrote the book. And, yeah. and if people aren't people of faith or they just have a shred of faith, even God's people, when they come to one of these things, they want to say something and they yeah. don't mm-hmm. know what to say. Yeah. Right. And so we've actually warned people, listen, people are going to tell you that and they're going to quote that. Yeah. And we try to armor them mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Because yeah. at a funeral, as the widow, you're the chief griever. Yeah. And so then these other people are trying to like, mm-hmm. you know, that's why they want to bring you food. 
Yeah. You know, it's because that's what I really want to do is eat. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, 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 I want to eat all these casseroles. <laughs> yeah. And this isn't to slam any. If you're listening, you brought a casserole. God bless you. Because yeah. it's yeah. just trying it's to needed. process it's that needed. people want to say something. Mm-hmm. And because one thing with yeah. grief, um, and, I'm, and I made a note to, to ask you both about this, mm. because, you know, I knew you started the grief group uh, and that it was happening. And we were at a board meeting. I think it was this week. And we're down here in the war room, which is right outside the dungeon. And you guys were upstairs here in T1 and Buckley. And in the middle of like the finance report, you know, there's some walking around. And yeah. I was, they're like, hey, what's going on? I said, that's the grief group. So then the finance report pops off. All of a sudden, I thought there must have been a stand-up comedian upstairs. There was this raucous laughter that I almost had to go, hey, this is a gr- I was going to go up and say, this is a grief group. Calm down. We're trying to learn about finances here, and I yeah. don't do well. But my point being that grief, it's got that weird fluctuating. Oh, yeah. like, like I imagine there's one moment right. where it's devastation, yeah. and then in the next moment, it could yeah. be um, – a cheeseburger, and you're like, oh, he loved cheeseburgers. <laughs> Do yeah. you remember yeah. that one cheeseburger? And then yeah. people feel guilty because they just had a giggle. Yep. yep. You know, because I've seen funerals where they break out and giggling. Yeah. And then they're weeping. Yeah. Or weeping and giggling because yeah. it's this, like you said, it's this big journey that's like just a huge mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. said to the the group this week, I said, you know, the, the reality of grief is we like to think of life as, you know, two steps forward, one step back. Grief is one step forward, 10 steps back. Do you fall down in there too? Oh, Oh, do you? Yeah. You can't get up. That's the reality of grief. It's for a long time you can't get up. Yeah. And what people need to know is that's okay. Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to equip the church as a whole with is let's get down in the valley with each other instead of trying to pull each other out. Mm-hmm. People have to walk through the valley. Mm-hmm. And somehow we take it upon ourselves to pull them out. We think that's our job, is I need to speak to you and help you come out. Grief is not like that. We need to be allowed. You know, I I would say in my, so I started journaling the day Chad died. And where I was going with the whole Nashville thing is that I went looking for a book. There weren't blogs. I mean, this is 15 years ago. Blogs were just a brand new, you know, I had dabbled with my own blog. And, you there was know, something called just, MySpace. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. But do you remember that kind of crashed and then it's like oh, the yeah. beginning of blog spot, yep, and, you know, and yep. so it's this weird time. And I, it's like eight, 10, 12 months later, I'm still weeping and thinking I've lost my mind. Like I'm that person who I'm going to be put in a hospital. Like I'm losing it. And because you think eight months later, you should have a grip. You should have it together. And I just, I said to my producer, I can't find, like, I want, I want somebody's true journey written to me. Like this is what it really looked like. And he said, you know, you're writing it. And I said, what do you mean? He said, your journals. Your journals are the true journey. That's the window into grief. Mm. I was like, oh. So it only took me, you know, 12, 13, 14 more years to publish it. (laughs) But that's what this book is, is it's Mm. a month-by-month reference so that if you're a grieving widow and you're eight months in, you can go to Sarah eight months in and go, oh. You can feel validated. 
you can feel like you, you're okay. And um, so that was the beauty of starting that journey of journaling. And so I, I look back and I can reference, this is exactly what I felt. This is exactly what we walked through. And mm-hmm. it's been so precious to have the journey. Yeah. It's, so. When you, you talk about peace, yeah, there is a peace there, but you're still going through hell. Yeah. You know, and I, uh, I was reading in Philippians, uh, last week, uh, the first chapter there when Paul, he says, you know, grace and peace. The first thing we have to realize is the grace of God that brought us to where we are. And we have to accept that grace and we have to realize the situation we're in. He knows about it. He's covered us. He's done everything. And once we accept that, then there's peace. It isn't peace and grace. It's grace first, mm-hmm. then peace. You know, and I, I, I kept going. That kind of jumped off the page at me when I was mm-hmm. sitting there reading it about grace and peace. So, so to the person listening that maybe they're hearing this idea of I've got to accept this grace. I've got to – there's grace and there's peace. Right. And we want the peace. Yeah, we do. But, and so what, how would you practically maybe speak to that person and maybe from both of you guys' experience and what you've gone through? Mm-hmm. Because in your changed life story, you share um, the story of you and Barb losing one of your children um, yeah. in a tragic accident. And so I would encourage you, go listen to that podcast as well because John shares candidly and honestly what that process looked like. But mm-hmm. for both of you guys, that grace aspect of this, right. because it can be, I imagine, right? I'm not yeah. one that has walked through much in my life yeah. experience from a tragic grief. There have been things right. that have happened in my life that have been right. difficult to walk through, and I'm sure I belong mm-hmm. in your group. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was right I, over here going, yeah, I know your changed I just, life story, bro. I just make jokes about it, and that's <laughs> yeah. how I deal with it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but from you guys' experience, and maybe to the person right. that is standing in it or is in the valley, is right. laying in the valley and right. doesn't see the getting up portion, um, they don't even know if they could make it to your group, whatever. What does that grace aspect look like? Because I think that can be one that would be easy to forget in the midst of it. Right. Well, so, in I, you guys' experience. I, the grace that you finally, it doesn't come immediately. Um, it's there, but you can't process it. It's knowing that God's in control. Mm. And, you know, I talk to a lot of different people, and if I, I use this statement that use, if it wasn't for God, so would I. You know, you walk into different situations, and if it wasn't for the grace of God on my life, I would be hopeless. Mm. I couldn't walk through grief. I'd be better off, you know, whatever. Mm. And and once you accept that grace, once you realize there's grace, then you allow the peace to come in. At least that that was my journey. Yeah. You know, in grief, there's so many different stages. Yeah. There isn't just five. There's <laughs> millions of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you talk about it was a year. Well, in the in the things I've done and and looked at, at the end of the year, you're you're still going to be frustrated. And, but frustration is one of them that you're starting to accept it. And then you're starting to turn the corner to go up. That could be six months. That could be two years. That could be whatever. Uh, that's. Yeah, I love that you're pointing to the process of it and that it's an individual right. process because that's something you hit on as well. Because I think mm-hmm. some people, um, they go through something or they experience um, loss or divorce mm-hmm. or whatever that thing that's causing grief in their life might yeah. be. 
And they get through, for the lack of a better term, like this stage of everyone feels sorry for you. And then all the people that were standing at the funeral, all the people that were there bringing you meals, a month or so goes by and they're gone. And then it's just like, all right, so just get better now. And so I have to imagine. So can you speak maybe even to that, to the person that it seemed like everybody was there? Um, Yeah. Andrew, I'm recording a podcast. Um, He listens. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, But can you speak? Because that has to be a – in what I could imagine, it has to be right. a time of where that it has to hit you. Right. Like a, a period of loneliness, of right. feeling like you're by yep. yourself in this. No one actually cares or right. whatever. So yeah. maybe hit on that a little yeah. bit in the process of that grieving. Right. That's that part of the yeah. season of grieving. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Sarah's <laughs> book, uh, she covers that a little bit, you know, about people that come in to your house and then they leave. They get to leave and go back to their homes and you're there processing what you know they can walk away from it Mm. you can't right and that that is one of the more difficult things you know i i saw our son walk through that he lost his wife to cancer you know uh uh, you know she was 35 when she passed four kids i mean just a lot of things you know i eh, I remember Dennis walking through that and there, you know, and I don't know about, you probably know this and you know this, that your in-law kids, you're, mm-hmm. they're your kids too. Right. And something happens to them. And so you're in the process of grieving and you're helping other people walk through grief also. And, you know, boy, it's hard. You just, you know, there's so many different things you go through. Yeah. And so much of the wrestle of grief is a wrestle of our faith. Yeah. And I think that's something that the church is missing in a way is the understanding of that. Um, hopefully we're bringing, mm-hmm. we're working to create a training for churches that yeah. will help churches um, at a high level understand grief a little bit differently because we've come up with a lot of trite ideas. And it's interesting, as you asked about um, grace and peace. And mm. um, John, you said something. You said God is in control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... I just wanted to punch God. Mm. Yep. I was just like, you're in control. You let this happen. I mean, yeah. that is the reality. And yeah. so when people think they're helping or when we go to the word and it says God's in control, it's like, ah, how do. Then That's, why? That... Then why? That's a yeah. tough pill mm-hmm. to swallow. And I think one of the things that we kind of have forgotten in our Lord bless us age that we live in, I, mm. I listened to a great teaching. Uh, Louis Giglio did a, a series on prayer. And he's like, yeah, let's just be honest. The prayers of the American church are very different than the prayers of the third world church. They're asking for God to, can, can I get some food to survive today? We're asking for mm-hmm. God to bless us. And somewhere in there, we've lost the fact that there is a true enemy, and it's not God. And if we blame everything on God, including, you know, my husband dropped dead at 35, that doesn't seem normal or natural, but it's God's in control and you have to accept his will. Well, is that really God's will? Because God's will was never death never death Mm -hmm. and 
I had to try and explain this to three littles mm-hmm. who every night at the dinner table would say to me, Mama, <laughs> whose fault is this? Mm. You know, well-meaning people would say things to them. They'd say, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Jesus just needed another policeman up in heaven. And I just walk into this. (laughs) There's no crime in heaven. He doesn't need his, he's six, he needs his daddy. God doesn't need his daddy. Don't put that in my six-year-old's brain. Yeah. And so they'd say, whose fault is this? Is it, Mm. did Satan take daddy or did God? And I said, you know, we live in a fallen world. Yeah. The do-all, end-all here is that we live in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. And because right. of that, there is sin and sickness and death. Mm-hmm. So this is Satan's fault. So let's right. call a spade a spade. Yeah. Right. But God so loved us. Uh-huh. And Daddy loved Jesus so much. And the Bible promises that Jesus made a way for us to all be together again someday in heaven if we love him and follow him with our lives. Mm -hmm. And so to explain this to three littles who are trying to wrestle out these huge, um, you know, we throw around these terms, you just have to trust God. Well, a 10-year-old doesn't know what trusting God is. I mean, how do you make that real for them? And so I just kept saying to them, God is good. We're going to hold on to that. Mm -hmm. We're going to believe that God is good. And I... And and he made a way. He's so God is so good that he already made the solution for this horrible mm-hmm. situation we're in, which is that he sent mm-hmm. his son. Mm-hmm. He sent his son to save Daddy. Right. He sent his son to save us. Yeah. And it's hard when you hear things like, "Well, you just have to trust God. This is God's will." Oh, oh is this God's will? Yeah. Is it God's? Is right. it God's will? Is it okay to say? Is it God's will? Because it doesn't always feel like that's okay. No. Well, you you lack faith if you can't just say it. No. no, no, I think I'm pretty real. I think I'm normal. And I have faith and I trust God and I know God will get us through, but boy, it's hell to get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's different from a lot of journeys because of the spiritual implication of the questions we're asking. They are deep. They're hard to wrestle out. Right. So having walked... I've I've walked this journey with people, yeah. not perfectly, yeah. but um, yeah. and not everyone. But as God has provided mm-hmm. in the recent history of our church, um, there have been opportunities uh, to walk in that valley of the yeah. shadow of death. Um, uh, I'm thinking of a guy. I won't say his name, but um, has become one of my best friends. I, I consider him one of my best friends. I don't know if he considers me one of his best friends, and you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. So he's yeah. just a real difficult individual <laughs> without grief. Uh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and my wife's got his in- Enneagram figured out. But um, he uh, lost his um, – he and his wife lost their teenage son um, to suicide. And um, shortly thereafter, we find ourselves in a fight club. And – what you were talking and what Britain mm-hmm. was asking about that acceptance of God's grace yeah. and watching him wrestle um, with this question. Yeah. And so the perspective, because we'd stay for hours after and process this and, okay, theologically speaking, if God is so good, why did this happen? Yeah. Preacher, man, right? Yeah. And 
there was a message. Um, I, I can't remember if it was the last year. It, it was if it was twenty twenty two or wherever, where I I stole this from somebody else. But um, this idea when we're faced with a challenge of faith, any challenge of faith, but we'll use it with grief, where you're trying to go in the journey mm-hmm. is like you're you know as your feet are walking. You know, they one foot has to come up off the ground, and you have a moment where you're full of doubt, you're full full of pain, full 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 of sorrow, full of the whys, and you can either doubt in the direction of God or you can take a step back. And Sage part of the Spurgeon. Per- What's that? Sorry, I just clicked my head and I said it out loud. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Did I steal from Spurgeon? I didn't steal it. He's, he's the one who coined the phrase "the boil, bullet fit shoot it." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it was Spurgeon. But I remember in the message, I lifted mm-hmm. up one of my legs and yeah. said, "In that moment, you can either doubt in the direction of yeah. God or not." That's not easy. I'm not making that trite. I'm tr- not turning that a Christian ghetto phrase. But part of the perspective that you that that made me think of that is you said with your children. And um, I'm not diminishing that. I don't care if they're children or if they're 75 years old. Mm. They're just little children with wrinkles. No offense. No offense, Gramps. <laughs> but no matter where we are in the spectrum is, is you said you chose. It was mm. a choice yeah. in that moment. I yeah. don't know why. I don't know the reason. And I found myself saying to my friend, I don't know why. I know all those verses that suck right now are still true. <laughs> At given inappropriate times, mm-hmm. but you can either doubt in the direction of God, why did God allow this, um, or you can make it drive you away from God, yeah. you know, and all of our bad theology, um, I'm, I'm thinking right now also of, um, well, people know this, it's public, um, David and Lindsay uh, who are on our staff? Um, they lead worship and and uh, with me or they work with media and our graphic arts and they're at our Manistee campus. Mm-hmm. Um, lost um, a child uh, at uh, was it eight almost eight months of yeah. her pregnancy. Yeah. Lost a child. We had a funeral, and um, you know my wife wanted to be there. She couldn't be there, and she was like, "I'm going to send a gift." She made this comment to me: mm-hmm. "Is." The, the whole grief market needs to up its game because everything was God's little angel, God's yeah. little thing, you know, Ooh. this, a little that, you yeah. know, and she was trying to find the perfect thing <laughs> yeah. for her friend, Lindsay. And, yeah. and Lindsay and I were talking about Lindsay's laughing about it, but also with a tear, yeah. which is like, if I get one more direct message yep. about, yep. hey, I wanted to say that, you know, yeah. so <laughs> the perspective that you were talking about is not only doubting in the direction of God's goodness mm-hmm. and trust and faith. That's hard to do. That doesn't happen in an instant. Right. Because back to my friend, you know, he was like, well, you know, here's the, here's, here's what I want to do is just get mad at God and, mm-hmm. you know, do all this stuff. And then I tried to work in on the, the eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. If all you think that there is in this life is what there is in this life, we're hopeless. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and, you know, that's where we are in the first Corinthians yeah. ser- sermon that's series exciting. right now. Yeah. But if you believe that this life is a blip, it doesn't make it okay because this yeah. life matters. Yeah. But I have resurrection hope. Right. And, and I watched him get to that perspective. And he said something that you might appreciate. I don't know if you met this guy, but it, w- it would be funny. It would be worlds yeah. colliding. Oh, yeah. yeah. He said, <laughs> I, I would. <laughs> and I think his son was 14. Yeah. And and yeah. he said, I can't, and his son was a believer. 
passionate about Jesus. Yeah. He was more fired up about his faith than his father was at that moment mm-hmm. yeah. by his father's own admission. Yeah. And um, he said, when I get to heaven, um, the first thing I'm going to do is, and I may have this wrong, but he said, first, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to hug his neck. And then, and then after I let go of that hug, I'm going to punch him in the yep. face. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and yeah. I was like, that's grief. I say all the time, I'm going to smack daddy when I get there. Really? <laughs> Thanks yeah. for leaving me to raise these three kids alone. But uh, which will come first, the <laughs> smack or the hug? Uh, probably a smack. Oh, dang. Then I'll yeah. hug. All right. All right. Then I'll right. hug. Yeah. yeah. But being okay but, with that. Yeah. Being I okay mean, with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the reality of that's what we walk through is mm-hmm. – it's hard. It's it's so so hard and um I wish there was okay, you do these five things and <laughs> oh, and yeah. you'll be okay. Well, isn't yeah. that what you guys are doing with your class? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go to the brief class well, and get yeah. fixed. Yeah. And and what I tell And then become a member. In, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In become the a leaning, member. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the leaning into, you know, um what I tell the grievers is that every day, and and sometimes it's every single breath we have to choose to trust God in this journey. Mm -hmm. And if I encourage grievers to go read the Psalms, because so often David is screaming at God, and then at the end of the Psalm he says, "Mm, all right, I'm going to trust you. And that's what my book is. It's me. I mean, I wrote Psalms. I'm like, ugh. God, why? Why you could have saved him? Like why? And um, and I, <laughs> and and then at the end of each one, I I say, okay, I I don't know how to trust you right now, but I'm I'm gonna choose to. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what we are walking grievers through in our group is more the spiritual side yeah. of grieving, um, the vulnerability that you feel. Mm. You know, we can walk through life and think, oh, life is awesome. Nothing bad's ever going to happen to me. And then it does. And then you know, oh, crap, something bad could happen tomorrow. Or, you know, and so there is this, I say that my my DNA was pierced with vulnerability the day Chad died. Mm -hmm. And if I could say to you one thing that the Lord deals, you know, I don't even feel that the Lord deals with me on it because I know he understands it. But I deal with it is my fears. I have big fears, and I know that the Bible talks about fear, and so I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. But I do fear that something will happen to my kids because I know the hell of the journey. Right. But I also know the God of the journey, Mm -hmm. and I know he'll get us through it. I just don't want to go through it. I don't want to feel that again. And so it's this vulnerability that you feel once you've been faced with death, Mm -hmm. like, oh. Yeah. No. And, yeah, you, I think that was one of Barb and I's biggest fear, mm. at least for me. I know it was yeah. uh, something else is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you you know, I lost a brother in Vietnam. Then we lost our child. Then Michelle, our our daughter in law, passed away. And and I I told people the other day that I'm having a harder time. I'm having a hard time with my friend dying this last year. Mm. I, I and that just came at me like a ton of bricks. I didn't think I would I would grieve like that, but I am. And so I'm walking through those all those steps again, and you know, and that that spurred on the class too. 
to do that. Yeah. But, you know, and we think about trust, you know, and then I, I go to uh, uh, John chapter 11, of course, you know, and it says when Jesus uh, saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. And then later on, it you know, when he actually goes to the tomb, he again he says he uh, he's he's he sees them crying, and he has compassion on them, and I see that. And so when you walk through, God knows we have to trust that, which is you know, but you realize that God has compassion. God cares, and God is walking through that valley with you, yeah. and he's shedding as many tears as you are. Yeah, that's but, the shortest verse in the Bible. That's, yeah, Jesus wept. Yeah, you know, which is in that same— 1135. Yeah. Yeah, and, but what he grabbed me on that was when he, he looked around, mm. and he was moved, and he was troubled. That troubled, that really jumped mm. off the page. It wasn't just compassion— it really tore him up inside. Is yeah. that so? Yeah. In you guys' experience, is that a verse that is hard to believe in those moments, or is that a comforting verse? Like, how, I, I mean, where is that? Because that leads to one of the questions I have: is what role, or how does Jesus? Where is he at in this grief process, or how do mm-hmm. we invite him into that grief process, whatever that is? So, like, yeah, the word says that he was moved and he was troubled, but in those moments when it feels like you're all alone, when it feels mm-hmm. like nobody else is there, when the casserole right. dishes have stopped, and maybe the verses you've read them all, and uh, and there's just that moment of, but where does that resonate? What did that look like for you guys in your process of inviting him into that or welcoming him into that? So mm-hmm. break that down for me. It it takes uh, like everything. It takes time. Mm-hmm. You you know it, you know it, you know it. <laughs> but getting it from here to here mm. is that's the hard part when you, you take on those. And when you walk through something like that, it's it is a trust issue. Mm-hmm. Do I really trust you? And it's a daily choice. Yeah. You have to make that choice. And you know, and you I I say it all the time, these things will either make you bitter or they'll make you better. Mm. You have a choice. You can let it eat you up and chew you up and spit you out and ruin the rest of your life. But if you go to the Scripture and you trust the Scripture and you trust God to help you through these things. Um, I had a couple just uh, last week. No, it was longer than that. And I could tell they lost their son, and I could tell they were getting better because she come and said, you know what helps me the most is helping other people. Mm. And I mm. said, you're, you're on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Britton, I think um, it's, a, it's a, kind of a silly answer to your question, but I, I think the where is Jesus in the journey, it's so often where he, what he was to me was inaudible in terms of I, I there were times, and I'm not talking three days after Chad died or three weeks after Chad died, let's be clear, I'm talking months after Chad died. I couldn't even open the Bible. Mm-hmm. I could. I didn't have the strength within me to go find the hope I needed. And so I would just weep and I'd, I'd take Chad's Bible 
and I'd, I'd hold it to my chest. And in those moments, in an inaudible way, that only the Holy Spirit can. The Bible is clear that we are given the Holy Spirit as a gift, as our counselor for this journey, this part of our journey. We are sojourners here. Wow. This is our temporary home. Wait, wait, wait. They're Northern yeah. Michigan. You got to tell yeah. them what a sojourner is. Yeah. <laughs> You're an alien, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is temporary. That means you live in a tent. Sorry. Sorry. Is, you just went to your Wesleyan background. Right. I just had to help you translate. Come on. Okay. Hey, yes, I'm right I there. This is, whoa, don't leave the fist I bump hanging. <laughs> There we're we just go. camping, y'all. <laughs> oh, we're just camping. That's all it means. We are sojourners here. And, you know, I, I talk about laying a foundation of faith in our lives. The reason that's so important is because in the moments where the only strength we have is to, to, to whisper, Jesus, mm-hmm. the foundation is there. And in those moments, it would be a simple, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but be still. And know that I am God. In those moments where I could not find the strength or the hope to take another breath, the inaudible presence of the Holy Spirit did it for me. And those old hymns, those scriptures would come flooding through me and give me enough strength for the next step. So what if you can't sing that good? Like, <laughs> like, can you still like close the doors and just sing? You can it? still sing. Yeah, okay, because yeah. it's like we all know I yeah. can. So that's apparently not Sarah lives in a so. musical. Yeah, right. yeah, I do. Did you see that? I do. Yeah. It's yeah. all the old hymns of the church yeah. that come. Yeah, you know, they still get you. You know, turn me. your yeah. eyes upon Jesus. Oh, yeah. Let's. Yeah. You know, that's where that's where I go. In the end, is we have to have to have to remember. The goal is not this life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you're walking this journey of grief, if we can have an eternal perspective that this is not our home, it is just a blip on the radar because mm. we are gaining for ourselves an eternal home. Jesus mm. gained that for us. And, you know, I, I love um, in Lamentations 3, in Lamentations, if, if you're not familiar with, you know, the most often read book in the Bible, ha. Huh? <laughs> yeah. um, the city of Jerusalem is in rubble, shamble. It's been destroyed. It's gone. Mm. And the prophet Jeremiah, it's his prayer for mercy. And in Lamentations 3.19, he says, The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. And yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this. And he says, the unfailing love of the Lord never ends. By his mercies, we have been kept from complete destruction. Great is his faithfulness. Mm. His mercies begin afresh each day. And if we go to the original Hebrew meaning of the word faithfulness, it means steadiness. Hmm. And that is who God is to us and for us and in us in these moments of complete destruction in our lives. Mm-hmm. He is our steadiness. And somehow we've made God's faithfulness about our us. It's about how good our lives are. 
are we blessed? Is mm-hmm. life okay? Then God is more faithful. You know, how often do you hear the biopsy came back negative? God is faithful. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, my, my husband dropped dead. God is faithful. Because God's faithfulness has nothing to do with me and everything to do with right. him. And who he is for me in the valley. And so. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Yeah. God's yeah. grace. You know, God's when I was grace. sitting here listening to you talk about that, um, I'm reminded uh, of a book, the first book I ever read on grief. I read it after I watched the movie. <laughs> uh, there's an old, old movie starring Anthony Hopkins called Shadowlands, mm. um, where he plays C.S. Lewis and it journals his, uh, or it, it, it documents his relationship and marriage to Joy Gresham, uh, who he married her after her cancer diagnosis, after a long friendship and uh, that began platonic and then became romantic. And then um, he married her after the cancer diagnosis and then walked her. I mean, together, their marriage, I don't know, it only lasted a few years and then he lost her. And then he did a similar thing. Um, uh, and the, you know, I'm watching Shadowlands. This is before kids. Like I was as old as Britain and Hope, <laughs> and my mom and dad are there, and we were tired of like pulling out movies that we were like, oh, I forgot all those swear words were in there. <laughs> you know those, you know those movies yeah. that, hey, dad, have you seen yeah. this movie? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, my dad's the holiest guy I know. You know. <laughs> so my wife brought home Shadowlands because we all like C.S. Lewis. I'd read right. Mary Christianity. I thought I knew some stuff, and. It is such a powerful movie. Mm. I don't know if it's on Netflix or whatever. Yeah, I'll um, it up. But we'd killed all the lights. And um, when the movie was over, or sorry, it wasn't even a DVD. It was a VCR. <laughs> <laughs> so it's scrolling. What's that? And yeah, yeah. Hey, shut up. <laughs> um, and good. all you could hear, my mom and dad and my wife and I in our apartment in North Carolina, like nobody moved. And there were just... <laughs> You know, yeah. and then I was, you know, hey, could turn the lights? And I'm like, not yet. <laughs> you know, kind of that deal. But he wrote the same type of uh, a cathartic book for himself mm-hmm. called A Grief Observed. And something that you said made me think of it because, um, you know, in that steadfastness, yeah. he, he said, uh, you know, he's famous, of course, for saying that it's in the good times where we hear God's gentle whisper, like he's whispering, but it's in our pain that God is shouting to us. And he says that pain and loss, grief, is God's megaphone for a lost and dying world. Mm. And, it, and it's hard to make that corner. It's like, man, couldn't you just shout to me in the good times? Yeah. Why did you have to, you know, why does it have to be the pain? But there's so many people that turn away. Yeah. And there's so many people that want to stay isolated. And we start believing lies. Yeah. I'm the only one. No one's ever mm-hmm. heard as much as I did. And I'm not diminishing it. Yeah. Because in those moments, and I've been in those moments, uh, not not to the extent of either one of you. I'm not trying to pull that out. But we can all go into that place where nobody gets it, that yeah. I'm unique. Yeah. And, you know, I have heard people say, uh, in this journey, what I won't do is I won't go to a grief group. I'm not going to go sit in a circle with other people. Yeah. And they're making a huge mistake yeah, they because are. what I'm hearing both of you say is that isolation, that's what kills us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we help people realize, mm-hmm. and this isn't me talking, 
you like what would you say to the person that's listening that's like I'm yeah. not going to go sit in a circle and this isn't just for it, it, right. it could be any grief group I right. mean there's I mean there's other things yeah. but like how do you get them out of that I'm the only one right you know well I know um, when we walked through it there was a the funeral home uh, down in Lowell and uh, they offered grief support you know and I said nah Barb and I are good. We got God. We can we can do this, you know. And we, but the funeral home kept coming at us, coming at us, you know. And finally, I went to our pastor at the time, and I said, "What do I do? How do I get these guys off my back?" And he says, "Why don't you go once and see? You're strong enough. They're teaching heresy. You'll know." And I said, "Okay." So Barb and I went, and it was a guy by the name name of John Canine out of Detroit, and it was the best thing Barbara and I ever did. We realized it did a couple things for us. One, right away, I he knew we were Christian. I knew he was Christian. Matter of fact, we had him come speak at our church at the time one time. But anyway, he we walked through this group together, and he would ask certain questions, and we'd share and talk. You know, we met one-on-one a few times, and we'd go to this group. The thing that it did for us was as new people came into the group, we would see where they're at, and we said, oh, I remember that in a way that was telling us we were healing. Mm. We were moving. Mm. We're going the direction. And we went for a year, you know, once a month for a year. We we went. And uh, so— I, I highly recommend whether you want to or not. Usually the the wives want to go to men that are kind of, you know, but go. It it makes all the difference in the world. Why are men so soft? Because <laughs> we're jerks. Talk to them, John. Yeah. Uh, Give it to them, Grace. You know, and, and it goes back to Genesis 3. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> maybe she'll die. Yeah. And, and we get this. I don't know what it is. You think it's fear? Us. It's fear. Oh, definitely. Somebody yeah. might see fear. me cry, mm. you know, or somebody, you know. But yet when you get into it, then you realize whew, what it what it is. And, yeah, and, I would I would challenge people that um we like that. The you know, you're you're in a journey you didn't want. Yeah. So you might as well go to a group group you don't want to go to. <laughs> oh, I like that. That was well If you're in it, you might as well go. <laughs> yeah, but uh, here's what I would say. You don't have to ever say a thing. No. You don't, other than, you know, this week I asked what your favorite candy is, mm-hmm. um, you know. but There's candy at these? No, no. no. <laughs> there w- I'm good. Yeah. There, there will no. be next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I would challenge the grievers who might be listening, just to go sit and soak in, mm-hmm. because what you'll hear from those around you is the processing. Yeah. And it's good to just hear their processing to yeah. validate your own. Mm-hmm. And so right in that, you don't ever have to say a word. Just soak it in mm-hmm. and watch everyone yeah. else. You know, some are more, more vocal than others, but it's so precious to watch these people processing yeah. together. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. we had the sweetest interaction with a family this week where we were able to kind of solve a problem in their grief 
And it was beautiful and lovely to just say, what if we look at it this way? And they were like, oh, yeah. And to go away knowing, you know, there's not a lot about grief that's solid. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah. it's it's all, fluid. I mean, it, it's <laughs> so fluid. But that was something solid we could interject into their process. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was just like, yeah. oh, thank you, Lord. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, just the little yeah. things like, you know, when we broke apart, we were up in there and we have a couple in there that lost a child. So I looked at him. I said, how many, how many kids do you have? And they kind of, uh, uh, um, um, two. Mm. And I said, no, how many children do you have? Yeah. And they said, oh, three. Yeah. Hasn't changed the thing. Hasn't changed the number. Nope. Mm-hmm. No. And just giving them permission to say, no, hey. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to claim that child. And that was kind of a- Beautiful. Uh, you know, one of those moments yeah. where they kind of, oh, you know. It's, it's so sweet to yeah. process so, together. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that scripture that we talked about uh, before the podcast started, because um, I heard it loud and clear in you both in giving the pitch for why you need community. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm quoting uh, the my first pastor that wasn't my dad. My dad was a pastor, grew up in pastor's home. But the first pastor that was really my pastor that wasn't my dad, um, Jimmy Kellum Jr., Charlotte, North Carolina, mm. at Church of Charlotte. Um, he's, he, he, he would say this often, and I didn't get it because I was 24 and char- charging the gates of hell with squirt guns, you know, and mm-hmm. doing sports ministry. And we're going to throw in verses like the Jeremiah thing at people and all this. And he kept saying this over and over, and I didn't really begin to live it, really live it until I was in my 30s. But he would always say the Christian life is not meant to be lived alone. Mm-hmm. And he was really talking about now it's like almost a buzzword, community, community, community. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't want community because they want to be alone. Like you mentioned, what's his name? Otto, the auto movie, Tom Hanks' character wants to be alone. The Christian life wasn't meant to be lived alone. And so what what was – could you read that 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 passage that we actually used at a recent funeral at the request of the widow? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope is for you is firm because we know that as you share in the sufferings, so you will also share in the comfort. Mm-hmm. So when we first met um, with that widow, and I don't know if she comes to your group, um, no. I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but she knows who she is. Yeah. Um, you know, we said, hey, were there any favorite scriptures? And she said, before my husband died, this was a scripture that we were hanging on to during his affliction. He'd had a long fight with, you know, mm-hmm. um, we won't even say. Yeah. But um, it it was the God of all comfort comforts us in our afflictions, even when we don't see it, so we can comfort others. Mm-hmm. And Britain, I don't know how many times on this podcast, whether it's someone talking about their addiction or someone or, and, and how that process goes or someone's talking about their faith journey. Mm-hmm. And you said at the very beginning, the grief journey is really an accentuated, hellish, like 
micro, or not even a microcosm, it becomes the faith journey, yeah. is this, this participating in the community, that becomes the healing. Mm-hmm. You know, they tell anyone who's been through AA, you know, what's a 12 step? You got to help others. Yeah. What's key to your sobriety? Helping others. Yeah. And, you know, maybe some people, you know, there are there exceptions of rule? Maybe. You know, what I've always learned is is Christians are always looking to be the exception. And I love to go, oh, you think you're an exception? <laughs> yeah, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's something catalytic, I think, mm-hmm. in our uh, journey when we're participating in the journey with other people. They're speaking into ours. And I loved what you said when you heard someone say something and you go, oh, I remember that. Because in the middle of the hell, you don't, I mean, you still think you're in the hell. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and you don't realize that I've actually progressed, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, the Christian life's not meant to be lived alone is what I hear you're both saying to yeah. that person. Yeah. And, and grief is no exception. Yeah, absolutely. This that aspect that I love the words that is the title of your book. Um, it's one that you guys have pointed to a lot is that it's a journey. It's a process. Mm-hmm. It's one that um, it takes time. It's difficult. Um, it's not easy. But uh, there's something about doing it with other people. Yeah. Um, and so I appreciate you guys sharing that aspect because it's one that um, has just kind of like been in my face often is this idea that, man, like the Christian life is not meant to be lived alone. And all of these personal relationship, which, yes, you should have a relationship with Jesus Christ on your own. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but there's an aspect to it that it's like the church was Jesus's idea. And for some reason, we decided it wasn't necessary somewhere along the line. And he's reminding us, do you see how much better it is when you just come back to what I said at the beginning? Yeah. There's a reason I got some dudes together and we walked around the lake together. Jesus could have done all that without the bums. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who's but the greatest, me or Britain? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Britain's bigger. So we Britain. <laughs> but he let him be a part of it. Yeah. And I think that we can learn something from Jesus that in the process, allowing other people to be a part of it. Here's the crazy thing. It might not be about you. You might show up to that grief group and there might be somebody else there that needs to learn from your process or your experience. And so I think that all of that is just, um, thank you guys, um, for sharing that, for, for journeying through the hell, uh, of your lives for the sake of others. Um, you are the full embodiment of what we read in second Corinthians just now that, Mm -hmm. that we're going to be comforted, but we're also going to make an effort, to provide comfort through Christ in us Mm -hmm. to other people. And uh, yeah, yeah, this is a free shout out because you earned it. John, plug away. uh, (laughs) uh, Benjamin, our producer, I don't know if they can see that on the screen. Tell me to lift it up or down or or wherever. Is it in the the shot? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's called A Journey Called Grief, a month by month reference for those who grieve by Sarah Scheiber. And I don't know if we can link that in our show notes. notes. Um, Where can they buy this? They can get it on Amazon. Amazon. Or okay. they can get it through my website. I make a lot more if they get it on sarahscheiber.com. So don't go to Amazon. Don't <laughs> we'll feed the beast. The website. Or, yeah. I'll yeah. mail it right to you myself. No free shout What was the yeah. website again? sarahscheiber.com. sarahscheiber.com. Yeah, it's S A R A H S C H I E. It's I E. No R, John Williams. S H I E B E R. Yeah. I also have a case of those books in my office if they so want to stop John by. Outright, outright. No, 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 no. Those are your freebies. I, we want to pay, no, no, pay the, the church woman. is paying for them. The church so is you're paying, paying for them. them. Oh, okay. <laughs> but if, <laughs> well, let's, we'll just buy some more. If, if, the, if they come, they're uh, 
John, I will charge, charge them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was say. But well, I will give the money to Sarah. I'll wait a second. Me. This is a grief episode. No more laughing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. hogwash. And uh, I, I want to commend uh, the Tab Church for being willing to get messy in people's journeys. Mm. And I want to encourage anybody listening, if you maybe you're not the griever, but you know somebody who is. Yeah. Think of ways to get into their journey with them. <laughs> Things like Mother's Day. Mother's Day is coming. And single moms have to go teach their kids to buy their own Mother's Day presents. And this is something we don't think about. <laughs> so if you know a single mom, take their kids and go buy her pre- a Mother's Day. Even if it's a card and a candy bar or bless them with a gift or um, parents, single parents who have to get hours in for uh, driver's ed, 50 hours per kid. Mm-hmm. When you're a single parent, yeah, single dads it's too. overwhelming. Yeah. Go take their kid driving for three hours and have a chat with a teenager and be in their life. So yeah. it's unique ways like that, that the body can jump into the valley with people instead of trying to tell them to get out of the valley, go get in the valley with them and yeah. little by little, yeah. that helps lead them out. Yeah. So we just got commended for being willing to be messy if the tab yeah. is anything. Yeah, we're messy. messy. It's a crash. <laughs> it's a crash. It's a crash. It's a crash. It's a crash. You know what? Crash. This, you know the organization of this podcast? is a crash. Not anymore. Yeah, bro. Oh, yeah. It's still had a mess. meeting. Yeah. We had a meeting. Yeah. Do you, do you know how many times there is like a text on Wednesday night? Hey, Britt, what are we talking about tomorrow? And he goes, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 90 episodes later, here yeah. we are. Here we are. Come yeah, on. Made it this far. And, uh, you know, and the church is diving even deeper into this uh, for tab care, mm. all the different aspects of tab care and we're we're getting we're putting some legs to it getting some people hooked in it can people and, still join your grief group oh yeah what mm-hmm. night do you guys meet we meet tuesday night six thirty, right here in t1 here in buckley here yeah. in buckley we got to get awesome. that going to manistee too yeah yeah so if you're listening to manistee and you want to help get it rolling let's get it rolling there's not a yeah. whole lot of uh paperwork and process that we like to mess around with here. It's like, and especially with J- with J Dub or Gramps, yeah, Gramps, as he's known. Officially, uh, usually he starts officially, it. Officially, he usually starts it and tells us two weeks later. And because he's hey, a for real way, pastor, we're just on. like, yeah, we're good with it. Love it. So, uh, <laughs> can people contact you yeah. too if if they want to figure out, hey, how do they be a part of the structure, yep. the organization, yep. be a catalyst, a coordinator, yep. or something, or just uh, have them call the church or email me, and uh, I will connect you and do everything that has to be done. Love it. And or if you don't like John, just go to shareshiver.com. Yeah, go there. She's, Fire album, uh, get Christmas song. What is it? Christmas, I'm going to go. Is Christmas that on Spotify? Christmas, Christmas in, in heaven. heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Everything's available. All my music is on iTunes. And Love the only it. place it is not is Pandora because they are not friendly to Pandora's the worst. Independent artist. There you go, Pandora. Spotify that was not a no shout, out. shout out. That was a shout no down. Shout, yeah. <laughs> no, no yeah. shout. Delete Pandora right now. We're starting a new movement. Green bean casserole is horrible. And so is Pandora. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, I, I do have another question. What is your stance? Pie or cake? <laughs> oh, cake. Oh, oh no! Cake. I think cake, oh, no. cake with as much frosting as there is cake, That's and then disgusting. I follow with this. No, because pie, the side is pie. Cake this is oh, pie. Sorry, right? Cheesecake. Oh, 
Oh, I found out cheesecake is actually not a pie or a cake. It's its own thing. Yep, it's better than all of it. Mm. It's it's a mm. it's a meringue. It's a Depends meringue. on my mood. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Trace cakes. Are you listening? <laughs> no free shout outs. Coming up. No free shout outs. Trace cakes. <laughs> no but doubt. Episode one hundred. Yeah. I mean, a I, cookie. I thought both. there would be some here today. But yeah. You guys don't, don't like cake. What is wrong I mean, look with you? at no cake isn't bad. Uh, so no, we're gonna turn it down. If there's cake in the conference room, we're gonna stop in. It's it's just what is superior pie. The pie excites you. The cake is, yeah. Yeah, you know. cake is like, yeah, okay. No, I'm going to have to work yeah. out a little yeah, bit, yeah, get a little sugar bump. Yeah. But, but love them all. People know. cake's good. Yeah. Cupcake, good. Yeah. I could just keep going, but it's like Bubba Gump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like cake salad. Yeah. Love it. When Sweet. I played ball, cake gumbo. The church softball. Uh, we won't go down that path very far. <laughs> no, John. But no to church softball. When Whenever I'd hit a home run. Barb would make me a cherry pie. Mm. So I always made sure I hit one every week. <laughs> we had the same. But it was pie. It wasn't cake. It was. But I, I like cake. Yeah, cake's I'm, okay. I'm a cake guy. Cake's I'm, with you. I'm uh, all of the above. Uh, and Skylar Bibles, we clearly need a new NLT. Um, yeah, so what is that? They don't make them outs. anymore. Um, I had to buy a used some, one for my husband. It's a promise. We'll get you a goat oh, skin or something. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Sweet. Well. <laughs> good. Yeah. Tab family. Um. I think the core of this episode could be don't do it alone. Um, find somewhere to uh, to live this life in community with people because at the end of the day, it probably might suck and it sucks less when you're with other people. And doubt in the direction of God. Yeah, doubt yeah. in the direction Turn of God. Turn back to Jesus. Sarah, thank you. Gramps, thank, thank you. you. Good to be here. Benjamin, yeah. thanks, bro. Benji. JV, until next time, this is us signing off.